Welcome to an all new episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. I am your guide today, Laura Bender. Um, so today's guest is Sandy Vo. Um, she's a meditation teacher that's devoted to re- revolutionizing modern living by introducing a new level of functionality and serving more conscious leaders on their journey to self-realization. So we talk a lot about meditation today, being present, um, and just how her journey even started. So many of us may relate to these stories. Um, it's very possible. I think I, I definitely um, felt a lot of the same elements that have kind of woven in my own life uh, into what she talks about today. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm sure you will. And I will check in with you on the other side. All right. Well, welcome, Sandy, to the podcast. Welcome to Heartful Consciousness. So um, I would love for you to share with the listeners, I actually would love to know as well, just a little bit about yourself and how you were brought into meditation. Yes. So my name is Sandy Vo. I currently just moved to Sarasota, Florida from Saratoga, New York. So very uh, amazing and exciting transition right now. And I have a pup son named Brody. I love drinking matcha green tea. I found out about it. (laughs) I found out about it. Yes. I found out about it too two years ago. And, and prior to that, I wasn't drinking any caffeine at all. I would just have some, some tea here and there. And I used to be an avid coffee drinker. So when I discovered matcha, how it made me feel and everything, I, I was just in love. So love my matcha, green tea, ice cream <laughs> and Yo, tea me too. and everything. Me too. It's and great. I, <laughs> yeah. And I'm the founder of Prosperous School of Self-Realization, which is a 90-day wellness and lifestyle program. And I also founded Royal uh, Glow, which is a meditation retreat. So it's a four-day meditation retreat. And the retreat is based on uh, really unleashing my my body, I call it a body of wisdom called Shanta Royale. It's a, it's a body of practices that when people are able to integrate into their lives, you are integrating the five elements outside of you. So it's earth, fire, water, space, air with the five elements that's within you. So it's really how, how do we live a prosperous life? How do we feel more harmonious within ourselves and within our environment and the breathing techniques and the movements and everything that we learn through meditation through that program teaches the modern day person, how to do that. Because one of the things that I've discovered is that, uh, you know, when people think of meditation or yoga, they think of, I need a concentrated time where I need to carve aside so that I can focus on my meditation and my yoga. And while that is true and while that is helpful, what I found from working with students for almost the past 10 years is that so many people have highly activated nervous systems mm-hmm. and they, uh, they also are chest breathers. And so w- when you take someone that is very stimulated and breathe mostly from their chest, they haven't learned, they haven't relearned how to breathe from their diaphragm or how to take in more oxygen in their bodies. And when their nervous system is highly, um, stimulated from the, the ways that we've been trained in our society to live, 
And then you tell them, okay, go sit down for one hour and meditate. Mm -hmm. That actually causes a lot more stress. And so what I teach through Shanta Royale is how, how can we create a body of wisdom that can meet people exactly where they're at and help them to understand themselves so they can transform into a higher space of consciousness or transform into a, a body that feels safe to, to be in a vessel that feels safe to be in. So that's a little bit about what I do uh, through my programs. And I work with all different types of, of people. I work with some of my students are healthcare practitioners, physicians, psychologists, um, mental health counselors, as well as entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of CEOs or, or people who, are business owners and really help them to understand their own mind, body, spirit, and how to harmonize it in a way that supports them. That's awesome. Um, so thinking even kind of when I went through teacher training and, and such, you know, yeah, I, I feel like we went through a whole pranayama kind of section of that. And it was really just like kind of a day and a weekend. And, um, yeah, we kind of did the same kind of techniques where you think you think about like a lot of again, a lot of the students, even the ones that were had been maybe teaching or maybe they were just in a space where they had some kind of other physical activity that they were doing. A lot of it came from again, it was all centralized in the chest. They weren't fully consciously taking those full breaths uh, to kind of set the mind and set the tone and get everything ready for a meditation practice. So you know, it was kind of a struggle for me in the beginning, just because of that, just not really knowing how to take that full breath and being able to focus, not even necessarily focus, but um, kind of allow myself to drift away from it. And if I did, I could come back to that. Um, mm -hmm. So where did you actually, so what, I guess, what brought meditation to you initially? Like what made you, what guided you to actually teach others and to inspire others with this? Yeah. Uh, pain, depression. Uh, when I was in college, uh, things got really, things got the worst within my first couple of years of college. Uh, my freshman year of college, I found out that my cousin who was like my best friend and the big sister that I never had, she passed away from leukemia uh, my dad had left. So I have a very close relationship with my father and there were just so many nuances, so many changes and transformations. And my way of dealing with all of it was to numb it. So I drank alcohol. I, I smoked, I did whatever so that I couldn't feel the pain. And, and on top of that, I was a high functioning you know, high achiever as well. And so I was able to juggle three different jobs. I got great grades. I had a, I had a higher GPA for somebody that, you know, was staying up all night, drinking, partying. And I, and I, you know, I felt almost proud of myself for that. Um, but really I was just trying to keep myself busy and I was keep, I was doing anything to keep myself from being able to actually be present with and to feel what, what I was meant to feel. And so it was from that experience of pain and weight gain and hair loss and digestive issues that I realized that I needed help. And so I went to a school psychologist and in my, in my desperate need for help. And, uh, my first session was 
less, my first and only session actually was less than, you know, five minutes. And it ended with a prescription for antidepressants. Mm. And so for me, intuitively and, and everything that was going on in that moment just screamed no. And so I, you know, I gave myself room to do research, to explore, to understand my body a little bit more. And I just started to change my diet. I started to eat healthier. I started to change the things that I was putting into my body, um, chemicals and, and GMO foods and, and all of that. And from that, I felt so much better. I felt like I, that brain fog was gone. I felt like, um, just the, the exhaustion that I would feel. I remember being so tired that I would be getting ready to go out and I would fall asleep for two minutes, but I felt like I was sleeping for 20 minutes wow. because that's like the, the deepest amount of rest, like concentrated rest that my body could get because I also had insomnia as well. Mm-hmm. And so all of that led me to, um, eventually I met my meditation teacher when I went to see several other doctors and, and, um, you know, mainstream medicine, um, doctors, it it just wasn't, I didn't feel understood. And, uh, I eventually I met this Ayurvedic practitioner that actually happened to work with my meditation teacher. And he said, you know, I'm not suggesting that you need medication. I think meditation will be helpful for you. So he got on the phone with my private, my, uh, my family doctor my private physician Mm -hmm. and the meditation teacher and all three of them said, okay, let's support her in this. Let's give her two weeks, um, or about a month without any medication. And let's see how she does with meditation. And so for one month I was diligent. I was devoted. I knew that kind of felt like a last straw to me because I, I knew I needed help. And if this wasn't going to work, then I knew I needed to accept Um, any other types of medications that I could get. And so I, uh, I practiced, I studied with my teacher and I was very concentrated focused. I got rid of all of my social media and I felt me for the first time ever. I felt so at home for the first time ever. And I never understood what that felt. I always thought that home meant it needed to be somebody else, a relationship, a partner, my dad, my mom, and, and all these other all these other things. But then I realized that there was such thing as a place of home within myself. And so I didn't plan on this. My plan was to graduate from school, um, be in PR, public relations, do some marketing, work for some fortune 500 companies in New York city. And, and long behold, little before we knew it, I, I became a meditation teacher and I studied with my teacher for, uh, four years. And then I, I started to have my own online practice and, and here we are. Wow. I love that story. And, you know, I think, I think when we struggle with illness of some kind, and again, the fatigue, the anxiety that all kind of falls into our space sometimes, um, I think that's where we end up seeing like glimpses of what could, what can be if we just maybe implement some different changes. Cause I've, I kind of kind of relate to elements of that story. You know, I've had, I'm, I'm also kind of dealt with health issues over the last year and a half and with the pandemic kind of throwing itself in there too, it kind of made it a little more difficult to kind of get through um, some of those, some of the beginning stages, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with depression and you're grieving and, and how to deal with that. And especially with, you also have health issues happening at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. So finding that practice has been beneficial to me as well. And in being able to I guess cultivate a sense of peace that I didn't have before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So kind of going along those lines, um, how would one, what do you, what do you feel? Maybe there's a small secret you can kind of kind of reveal to somebody, but how would you be, how would one actually become a magnet for joy and prosperity with using meditation itself? Yeah. So what's so powerful about meditation and what we don't hear about in the mainstream culture is that meditation isn't just about sitting down, closing your eyes, and then suddenly you zap yourself into this place where your mind totally shuts down. Um, just like the heart is beating involuntarily, the mind is made to think involuntarily as well. The problem becomes when we we don't have enough understanding or awareness around what is going on within our mind. And we allow our thoughts to control the reality that we are living in. And we don't believe that we actually have the ability to um, create our own, to generate our own thoughts. And so with meditation, what's so powerful about it is that meditation allows you to re-engineer the software of your mind. So where your thoughts may have been unconscious, you know, 98% of our thoughts are unconscious. So we perform based on the same thoughts and the same habit patterns from the day before and the day before and the day before. And based on this, it creates our reality. It creates our lived experiences. And so with meditation, you're able to see your mind from a completely fresh perspective. You know, sometimes when you're working on a project and you're too close to something, you can't see it clearly and and you keep banging your head against the wall and you can't solve that problem. Mm -hmm. You go outside for a breath of fresh air, you get inspired by nature and you're able to breathe in some deep breaths and you go back in and then suddenly the answer just kind of comes to you. And this is because you were able to give your mind a a new perspective, a newer level of thinking, a, a, a different level of consciousness. And uh, Einstein also alluded to this when he says that you can't solve a problem at the same level of thinking that created it. In order to solve a problem, you have to use a, a different level of thinking. And so that's where meditation comes in. Meditation allows you to see what is in your unconscious mind so that you can transform it and bring it to your conscious mind. And once you become aware of it, you have the ability to actually transform that pain or the anger or any uh, sadness. You can transform it into fearlessness, into courage, into strength, into love, into joy. And so when you practice meditation, when you give yourself those moments throughout the day, or even while you're doing something, giving your full present awareness to something, you become a magnet for joy because now you're recognizing that you are not the victim of the reality that you are living in. And you are not the victim of your thoughts that indeed you're the person that is creating your thoughts and you're co-creating your thoughts with the divine. And so Um, a very uh, powerful and simple way to access this. If you have never, ever meditated before, or even if you are a seasoned meditator, and sometimes, you know, you get, you get a little bit comfortable with your practices. 
find one thing that you really love to do. It, it might be something that's nostalgic to you that you just haven't done in a really long time, but you remember that when you do this, you know how it feels in your body, you know, like turning on your favorite song to dance to or sing to, you know how that feels in your body and just do that for five minutes a day and notice what it's doing to your energy. Notice your emotions getting picked up. Notice your uh, notice your mind and, and what you're thinking in that moment. You're mostly not even thinking at all. You're just being present, deeply present in that moment. So if you want to become a magnet for joy, that's a very simple way that you can get started. That's a wonderful technique, I think. And so this kind of leads into my next question a little bit too. So what, what do you personally use? What kind of tools do you use to kind of keep yourself in the present moment? Because that's always like one of the concepts that I think people have trouble dealing with when they're first approaching something like meditation. They're like, oh, well, I have, you know, I, I, my mind, I have all these things, thoughts in my head. I can't slow my thoughts down or this is going on. Like they're just very distracted. So what do you, would you use or what would you suggest for someone to keep themselves in the present moment? Yeah. You know, my personality, I am someone that, that I, I always feel innovative. I, I want to, I want to see how you can innovate the old into the new. And so my mind often has different ideas and it can be very easy to jump from one thing to the next, but what really helps me to stay present and focus is first understanding what my core values are and knowing what's important to me right now. I think a lot of times it's hard to actually be focused or concentrated or present with where you're at. If you don't have a North star that guides you along the way, it's kind of like your aim, your arrow. And so for me, it's a constant every day, just being very clear around what my values are. So if my value is to be deeply present, then one of the, the boundaries that I will set is around my phone. You know, so our, our phones, I believe that technology has a really powerful um, place in the world and mm -hmm. I'm not against it. It's helped me to do so many things. And I believe that technology is meant to help us be better human beings. However, we have replaced this and we have turned ourselves into technological machines just by learning how to be more robotic, always being on our phones. And so a really clear boundary that I have is to um, I don't go to bed with my phone. I don't wake up with my phone and I have concentrated times where I can be present on my phone, but it's not my main priority. And this really allows me to be very present with wherever it is that I'm at and what it is that I'm doing. So I, I like to take away at least a few hours every day so that I can have that level of intention and focus and not be present on my phone. And this is hard for a lot of people because mm -hmm. they feel like, Oh, social media is for my business. And <laughs> I need to be on there in order to yeah. stay on top of what's going on. But you know, it, it's simply not sustainable. If you're prioritizing social media and staying on top of the trends over your own health and, and even people who talk about it, you know, get lost in it sometimes as well. And so it's really about finding your own balance, but I believe that you can't find that balance until you know what is important to you first and you can set up boundaries around that. So that's the next thing is, is setting up those boundaries. So once you are clear, mm -hmm. how can you start to set up boundaries in your life in a way that honors what your core values actually are? Um, so all those things really help me to be deeply present and just taking deep breaths, 
you know, these, these are some simple things, um, that we take for granted. And so, uh, just teaching the body how to breathe in a way that calms the nervous system that calms the mind. And then you're, you're feeling a lot more present just by doing that alone. Diaphragmatic breaths. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. I totally, yeah. I resonated with all that stuff because, you know, especially, yeah, being a business owner, you're constantly like, oh, I need to post on this and, and make sure everyone knows my classes or people know when your classes are. So I, you know, I still, I'm kind of, I'm trying to break that habit myself, still trying to be present, but still also being engaged with uh, our community, but it's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough line to walk. Um, so this kind of leads me to the last question, which, um, I enjoy getting the answers from my, my guests, because it seems like everyone's either collectively on target with each other or, um, yeah, it just, it ends up being some miraculous answer. Like I've never thought of it before, but anyway, uh, so what is your most valuable lesson that you learned, uh, in 2020? Mm, that's such a great question. Oh, that, that nothing matters more than, than presence in your own health. You know, I, I think that what 2020 has taught so many of us is that scattered energy and feeling like we need to be everywhere all the time really gets us nowhere. And so for me, I spent a lot of time, you know, on my hammock outside in nature. And I just felt my whole system decompressing because I'm, I'm using the computer to connect with my clients, with my students for my programs. And so it felt good to just take some time to disconnect for a little bit and realize that this presence, this, 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 whatever it is that's right in front of us, this nowness is really where we're meant to be. And so I stopped, you know, projecting so much into the future and I stopped dwelling too much into the past. And I just experienced the marveling of being in this present moment. And, and, and you can feel it so deeply that it makes you emotional because of the gratitude that just pours into your whole being from that. And so presence and, and health is a huge thing. Nothing is more important, um, at least to me, than those two things. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I And I agree with that. You know, like I was saying, I, I, I think a lot of us struggle during 2020. And this is where we we tapped into really being able to connect and feel everything that was going on because it was very traumatic. There was a lot of things happening just around us. We weren't sure how to deal with a lot of these things. So I think collectively working together to um, just kind of battle those and find that, that space of well-being was, was an important thing, I think for many of us. Well, anyway, Sandy, thank you so much again for your time and energy today um, and giving us this amazing conversation. So um, have a great rest of your day and rest of your week, and hopefully I'll connect with you soon. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. This was a great time. I loved your questions. Oh, thanks. (laughs) All right. We'll take care. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Sandy. So as always, don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Be well, my friends. Mm-hmm.